right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today we have Namia Magnani. She is the creator of the Bedsheet Campaign, where she repurposed uh, recycled bedsheets into costumes for a visually impaired orchestra. So welcome to the show. Hi, it's very nice to be here. Yes, great to uh, have you here. So to start off, and I think this is what all the listeners are going to want to know, can you explain, because I, I said that introduction, but I don't know if it's like super clear exactly what that means. So can you explain like what you actually did here and then we'll dive in a little deeper? Yeah, sure. So basically, I set up donation boxes around Dubai um, and at my school and all over and um, collected bed sheets that bed sheets, tablecloths, curtains that nobody was using. And I, I collected them, I organized them and I made costumes out of them for this orchestra in India that's visually impaired and kind of like especially because of COVID kind of struggled to keep afloat and and they didn't have costumes so um I made them for them okay that is awesome um now how did you come up with this idea um there was kind of a few things that went into the idea um the first one was I my background is kind of in costume making and costume design um in terms of like I do a lot for local theater in Dubai and at my school. Um, and so I've always kind of been drawn to costume making. And then the idea to use bed sheets was, um, it was kind of inspired by my time in lockdown. I wanted to make costumes, but I couldn't really go out and buy fabric. So I kind of had to like make do with what we had at home. And that ended up being like bed sheets at the bottom of a drawer that nobody was using. So I use those to make costumes and they actually worked really well. They're really soft, really comfortable, really easy to, you know, sew and cut. Edges were hemmed, so I didn't have to do that. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how I thought to use bed sheets to make the costumes. And then I reached out to the orchestra because um, I knew they were like struggling to, to find costumes. And this was also one of the ways I thought they could like, kind of gain more prominence if you have costumes it's kind of not only like a sign of professionalism but also it's like this it creates this unity on stage that I think is really special and I thought costumes were really important for them yeah that's so and, and wait how old are you again now I'm 18 nice yeah see this is um this is just so cool. Uh, and I, I know like to me, age doesn't matter. Like when I was 19, I wrote my first books. So it's like, I don't think age matters, but I do just think that like when you're as young as you are and you're already thinking in such like a philanthropic way, um, I just think you have a lot of life ahead of you. So I'm excited to see what you do. Um, so, okay. Now what has been, and I'm actually on your website. So this picture, I wish everybody could see, um, and actually, it's just yourname.com. So for anybody that does want to check it out, because the main picture, when you click uh, campaign and you see the orchestra there, like that picture is so cool. Um, so what has been like the impact so far? Like, obviously, you know, you help them with their costumes and stuff, but I guess what's been their experience like from you talking with them and stuff? Just tell us a little bit more about that with them personally. So um, with them, it was actually really interesting because at first, it was kind of a case of they didn't want to wear like old bed sheets, and then 
it became like it sparked a really interesting dialogue about like sustainability and kind of promoting more sustainable practices, which I think is really important for kind of the current climate because the clothing industry specifically is so wasteful and so like detrimental to the environment that um, this sparked a really interesting dialogue about reusing fabric and, and um, I kind of came up with the motto for the campaign that was reuse, rewear, redefine. And the whole idea behind that was kind of to, to repurpose what we have and try not to be wasteful. And so that kind of, they were really accepting of that and they really liked the costumes. Um, they wear them to all their performances now, which I think is really, really special. Um, and yeah, I think they kind of, it's kind of created a real like sense of community between the members of the orchestra. And I think that, I mean, I do want to keep supporting them. So it's just, it's been really nice to see. Yeah, that's so cool. And then how do you, I mean, and not that you would have to be thinking like this, but I'm, I just, I'm assuming that you might be. So how are you planning on expanding? Like, are you planning on expanding this and like helping other people that need certain like costumes? Um, and also, and apologies if I did, if I missed this, cause I might have, how did you end up choosing this particular orchestra to help? So um, the first part of that, um, the, I would like to continue with other orchestras or local theater. I do already make a lot of my costumes for theater out of bedsheets, um, but I would like to take it on a wider scale. I think it's a really, not only sustainable in terms of it's like repurposing old fabric, but sustainable because people always have old bedsheets. Um, so I think that in the long run, this could, like I could continue doing this and it's really, it's actually quite fun. Um, and so, um, so that's the first part. And then the second part, um, this orchestra specifically, um, I was, they, they have kind of, they were in contact with one of the clubs in like, um, golf clubs in India and they told me about it. Um, and they were telling me how this orchestra, um, has kind of been struggling because of the pandemic and, and could use some support and they needed costumes. So I was like, okay, they were kind of the first ones. So. Gotcha. Okay. That, that makes sense. And, and I can tell, and again, I do advise people um, listening to this to check out your site because you actually have like videos on here that like shows the four week process. Um, and there's, and they're like short little clips showing like how you, <laughs> it's, it, it is actually sick and you can tell that you're having fun with it. Um, so now have you thought, so obviously theater and orchestra that makes, well, theater to me even makes like the most sense. Cause obviously they need, they need costumes, but mm -hmm. um, are there any other, uh, I guess, what am I, how am I trying to word this? Are there any other people or like types? And when I say types of people, I mean like, um, like people that sing or people in theater that you can think of that would like need um, like this type of, um, the type of thing that you're doing? Like, have you thought about others or have you just focused on like theater orchestra type of individuals for now? Um, well, the theater orchestra thing, Dubai has a pretty big community, like a growing community theater scene and it's not super well funded. So this is one of the ways, I guess, this could kind of work for them. 
Um, okay. But then also, this is not the costumes made out of bedsheets specifically, but I think the skill set and the um, and the idea of like sustainable costume making or just clothing in general um, was quite important for like um, women's organizations that are trying to promote like women's um, financial independence. And um, I visited one in India um, when I went to give the musicians the costumes. And it was an organization that worked to kind of provide um, women who had been kind of victims of trafficking with like skills to to make their own products and to sell them and to kind of gain financial mobility. And um, there was kind of a panel discussion that I was a part of that where we kind of discussed ways that what well, whatever each of us was doing would help them. So in my case, it was about being resourceful and and learning to sew and using it for like to make something concrete and tangible that they could then use they could then sell got it okay so and actually and i normally do this it's funny i skipped it and i think i probably did it because of, of your age subconsciously so um as i'm reading more about you as as we're talking uh when you were like even younger than 18 when did you realize or like what was it in your life that uh, led you to realizing that creativity uh, is, you know, I know you have the four C's um, because it, I'm reading like through your about me right now. So you have the four C's now creativity being the number and not necessarily that it's in an order, but like when did you discover that you were more of a creative person and that's what kind of is your, like, your thing? When did that happen? Um. I was, I think I was quite young when I got involved in like music and theater and art. Um, it was just kind of, I think it was really fun because I've always been quite like involved in school. And so this was kind of a way to re like relieve maybe not necessarily stress. Cause I don't think at age six, I had that much stress, but like <laughs> yeah. a way to, kind of foster a side of me that I wasn't getting to foster at school. Um, and it really, I think, started with, I don't know what it started with. It probably was like painting or something like that. But I think, I, I don't think I was particularly good at painting. I think it was like piano and, and theater that really kind of, like community theater. I did like youth productions of Annie and things like that, that really like kind of, made me enjoy, like find a like an outlet that I enjoyed so much and that I really yeah. felt connected to. Yeah, it's interesting. I would wonder. So, yeah, I mean, everything you said, obviously, uh, is accurate. I mean, it's your life. I would be curious, though, and maybe your parents or, or somebody would know, like, what was like the original spark? Yeah, and, and it's not that that happens with everybody, but sometimes there's like a life changing moment or something that like leads you down a path. Um, so so maybe it was the painting and then you realize because yeah, it says here that like, um, allow me to explore the depth of art. So it like provides meaning to you, uh, like artistry does. It's like, meaning. yeah. I also think actually I can give you a definitive answer for when costume making became like, a oh, true yeah, tell me. Yeah, I great. just remembered. Um, do you know what world book day is? Uh, no, but I'm a book publisher. So I, so I should know and I'm <laughs> that I don't. 
<laughs> but, to be fair, I don't know that it's a very American thing. I go to a British school, so they kind of okay. Um, so there was like, <laughs> it's okay. You're excused. It's okay. it's a it's a day where I'm pretty sure you're just supposed to like celebrate the love of reading. But at school, we would always have to like come in dressed up as a book character. And my crowning achievement to this day is my third grade golden ticket costume that I made and I won a prize for. And it was really exciting. And that was my kind of entry into costume making. And then every year since then, I've tried to kind of top it. So it was a golden ticket um, from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Then it was um, the golden snitch from Harry Potter. And then it was Moby Dick, which was like the whale eating the man. And that was, those were my like kind of entries into costume making. And that's kind of how I really fell in love with that part of the, that side of me creatively, I guess. Got it. And I'm curious too about this. So um, like for me, uh, like going on like a long walk um, or like a workout in the morning and then I get into work and I get into like a flow state. And I, I remember when I was checking out your little videos, the clips, I think it was on week three, if I remember, it said that you like get into flow. So when you're, when you're like creating the costumes or like sewing or there's different words for it, but like just overall creating what's going on in like your, like, is that when you feel the most at peace or does it like feel like work to you? You know what I mean? Or is it kind of more like mm -hmm. a real? I guess it kind of, yeah, it's very rhythmic. And it's also like, it's like, um, because it's, it's so action-based almost like I am, I'm physically doing something, but it's also so like rhythmic. It's, it's like a moment of extreme focus, but not in a way that feels like painful, like physics. It's like intense focus, like on, on what I'm doing in, in a way that I like, I feel like I want to make it the best it can be, but also in a way that doesn't stress me out. It's, it's a very like calming sense of, of purpose for that, like for those few hours that I'm doing it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's interesting. Cause I think you found something that, uh, and, and again, I, I, I hate to keep going back to your age. It's just, it, it, it is in somewhat interesting to me because I think you found something that some people uh, like actually never find in their whole life, which might sound surprising to you, but there's a lot of people that struggle with actually like discovering something in a healthy way that actually provides them like peace and also is productive to society. Right. So it's kind of cool that you have found something that you, it's like very, there's like so many good elements about it, right? Like you enjoy doing it. It relieves stress. Um, it, it's like peaceful for you and it's helping the community. So it's just like this thing that all around, it's just a win, you know? So I, yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know if you realize it, but like, it is, it is like most people, if you're like, uh, what do you do to relieve stress? You know, like it, it's not normally like making costumes. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like, that's actually awesome that it is that for you because it's helping other people and it's productive. Like there's just so many good things. So I just wanted to highlight that, that it's kind of cool. Yeah. That I hadn't thought about it that way. It's Sounds really nice when you say it like that. Yeah, because well, yeah, and, and obviously because you're you're in it, right? So it, normally uh, you need like an outside perspective to to notice, you know, something that you're doing yourself. So either way, very cool. Um, and actually, and we'll talk about some other things. But now that I'm focused on these C's, I'm curious. How did you? 
Um, this is like a two-sided question. So like the four C's that you talk about, did you like create them or were you living them? And then you realized after that those were your four C's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think when it came to like putting the website together, I needed to kind of figure like divide up my kind of the things that comprise my identity into a way that was like concrete. And I think the four C's kind of came naturally, especially creativity and community. They've always kind of been really big, important parts of my life. And so um, then, yeah, it was, it it just came very naturally. Finding a word that started with C was a bit of a challenge, but the general premise of it was, was quite easy to come by. Yeah, no, and that, see, I'm going to highlight another cool thing that you might, uh, because it's you, you might not realize is that a lot of people too are not very aware. And the reason is because they don't really take the time to become aware of what they are doing. Because a lot of people are, uh, what's the word is like, they, they basically make decisions based on react. They're very reactional. Right. So in this case, it's interesting, like you've lived and you've done things. And then when you were building the site, you, you, you reflected on your life and became aware of what you were doing. And you were like, oh, these are my four things that I have been living out. And this, so it's just cool that at 18, and again, it's not the age, but it's just cool that you've kind of discovered almost like a theme of your life already. And obviously that can change and stuff. It's not like it's set in stone, but it's just kind of cool because it'll help you develop even more as, as you grow. So um, with the community thing, and obviously you can, you know, help others in community, but how much, like, how much do you value or how much do you like, maybe value is the wrong word. What, what part of the enjoyment do you think is like being involved in your community? Like, are you more extroverted or introverted? It's weird because I think I'm quite an introverted person. Um, But I think I've kind of throughout my life, I've kind of belonged to so many different communities that I found real comfort in the idea of community, Um, especially since because I am, I think, an introvert to an extent. I think that finding comfort in communities is so important to kind of establishing friendships and and like, like having a kind of circle of people. So I think that I've kind of always really valued um community and and it's just kind of been a case of finding so many different ones that I resonate with um like a like a strong theater community and a strong you know academic community and social and it's just been like a case of finding the right community to kind of help me with each kind of facet of my life yeah what is um and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, but like, how would you describe, um, cause you remember before I hit record, I was telling you that I was, I live in Miami and I was considering Dubai as like a secondary home. Maybe I would live for like three to six months out of the year or something. What, how would you describe Dubai as far as like community in general is Dubai? Like, do you find that like people in Dubai are very, like um together like community or is it more everybody's kind of doing their own thing and doesn't really engage and kind of a way to know 
is like an example would be when you walk down the street in Dubai and I guess different places, people would be different, but does, do people like say hi to each other or is it more like everybody's like in their own world? I think that the thing with Dubai is there's so many people from all over the world. It's like a real melting pot. And so you do find your community quite quickly. And so, well, it's, the whole walking down the street thing, I do think it depends where you go, but I have found that like every time we go anywhere, my parents do know someone that's just there. So it'll spark up a big conversation and it's kind of, yeah, I think Dubai is a very strong, it's got a really strong sense of community. Um, there's a lot of different communities though. Um, and it's, and I think that's really interesting because there's so many interesting people here. Um, because of how many different communities there are. So you kind of do get exposed to a lot of different cultures and ideas in in a way that I didn't necessarily appreciate when I was younger, but I think now as I've gotten a bit older, I've kind of, um, because I've lived here my entire life, so I've kind of learned to appreciate different communities in terms of, for me, that kind of comes more in like a, from like a school sense, like different communities of interests and ideas. Yeah. Um, and that, that was like a selfish question due to my interest there. And actually now I'm really curious because I know, uh, recently like Dubai has just grown a lot and it's been in the recent, I think kind of like five years or so. So, and I know you were very young, obviously then, but like, wasn't it like when you were, do you remember it being like, basically like not like how long ago was the city built? Like, do, do you have memories of it being just like mostly desert or, or was that like even uh, like, or was it already kind of built up by that time? Um, I think it was probably in its like early stages. If I talk okay. to like my dad, who's been here for a lot longer, he kind of constantly is on about like, Oh, it was so, it was like all sand when I moved here. And, and as as I've grown up, it's kind of become this like global hub and this like really interesting place to see like innovation and, and it's kind of, yeah, it's grown exponentially in the last like few years. And it's been, it's been really interesting to see from the inside. Cause I think everyone has this like perception of what Dubai is like. And I think living here, it's very different to what, you know, the kind of idea is about it, but it's, yeah. It's definitely an interesting place to grow up. There's always something new being built or being, yeah, or being like new, new buildings, new attractions. It's, it's a really fun place to live, I think. Yeah, it's, it's cool to, to hear that because um, like, I think it's similar with Miami because uh, Miami's like grown a lot too. And I, I've lived here for six years in Miami. And, you know, people have a perception of it from the outside, but you don't really know until you're on the inside. And even like I said, I visited Dubai and I was there, I think I was there like 10 days or something. And I, I certainly did not get like an experience that like, like a local, like I, the highlight for me, I remember I, uh, we went to get a sushi at the top of, it's called like address hotel um, or yeah. something. And it, you go like to the very top and there's like a pool up there and you get sushi. And then the view is insane. Like I'm talking like this is on. And I actually went to the tallest building there too. I forget the name of it, but um, that view was awesome. But there's something about the view from address hotel rooftop. That was just like, 
it, 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 I don't even, I can't even describe it. Like gives you chills. Like it was so sick. And, and the way that they're building there is so wild. Like there's so many cranes and just like so many. So I just can't imagine from your dad's perspective, like from your dad's vision, he probably sees like literally just sand. And now there's like a hundred thousand buildings, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's crazy. But it's um, really, it's really funny because the, the tallest building in the world, the Burj Khalifa, I, Again, like I've lived here my whole life, but I hadn't been to the top of that till I was about, I think like 15 or 16. Like it was, yeah. that's so like growing up here, it's, it's very different. Cause I, like, I, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of where my family is and it's just kind of home. It's not like, oh wow, Dubai with the, with the big buildings and the fancy cars. It's like, it's just kind of life, yeah. I guess. No, I, I totally can relate because it, it is, I mean, the big building thing is different with Miami, but it's kind of like, I think when people think of Miami and Dubai, there are some similarities. It's like, you know, the big boats, the yachts, you know, the water, like stuff like that. So there are some similarities, but they don't actually think of it as like a place that you could call home. Like most people, they vacation in Miami. They don't live here. Right. And mm -hmm. Dubai uh, I would imagine maybe Dubai is similar. Like it's very touristy. There's a lot of people that just like I did, I went there 10 days for like an event and then I left, but like um, it's just cool to hear somebody's experience that actually lives in a place like that. Um, and isn't there um, there's like, is it the biggest mall in the world too or something? Or yeah. That... I'm, I'm quite scared of that mall. It's so big. Oh, really? I always get lost. <laughs> oh okay yeah i would imagine <laughs> that's fun and then isn't there have you been to like the um it's like a seven star hotel or something yeah it, it's shaped like a um like a like a uh, dow which is like an arabic boat it's beautiful okay. yeah okay cool yeah i gotta when i go back um again i gotta explore a little bit more I, i'll probably message you for some uh just like um from some tips of where i should go and stuff because and i, I want to go more, sorry no no no. i was just i want to go to abu dhabi too because i've heard that that's really like the big white building there or something i want to check that yeah out. i think what's really cool is like the way they kind of integrate their history with like such modern kind of I, like buildings like if we're going back to that seven star hotel it's kind of it takes this like the history of and traditions of this culture and kind of uses it in a in a very interesting way in terms of like the architecture because like this area this region's got such a rich history and, and it's kind of Dubai's become so associated with like technology and growth and it kind of like you do miss like this this very rich history and and there's actually so many beautiful places here that that share that history that I think are kind of overlooked a lot yeah. of the time. Oh, for sure. And that's why I want to ask someone like you, like a local, because when I was there, I was with like friends and stuff, but they weren't like local. So, you know, even by me telling you the things I did, you can tell like we just did the normal touristy stuff. Um, which is cool. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But my whole idea of experiencing a place is more wanting to know like, okay, where do the locals hang out? Like, where do they go? Because that's where you really get a real kind of taste of like what it's really like. Um, so either way, thanks for having that little combo about Dubai. <laughs> um, but back back to you. I, I'm curious, um, 
So it seems you're very philanthropic, you know, community, creative. So, so that side is obviously in motion. Now on the other side, like career wise and stuff, what are your, what are your thoughts there? And obviously you still have plenty of time to figure it out, but I'm just curious, like, are you going to work in a creative field or what does that look like? I'm really interested in history and politics. Those are kind of my like main subjects of interest. Um, so I'll go to university hopefully first. Um, and yeah. And then kind of figure it out. I don't necessarily know what I want to do, but I definitely want to, even if like the whole creative side or like philanthropy isn't what I do for work, it's definitely something that I want to continue doing just because of how important it is to be, to me, sorry. And yeah, I'm kind of open to like whatever. I have no idea what I'm going to do after university, but I know that it'll be something in the humanities field with hopefully connecting all these interests together. Yeah, no, that's cool. And have you, um, I'm assuming, do you already have a university that you're kind of wanting to go to or you're not sure yet? Yeah, no, I've, I'm in the process of applying right now as we speak. Oh, um, yeah, I've, I've got, yeah, I've got a dream university and it's, it's all getting so close. It's all getting scary. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to share it or no? You don't have to. I was just curious. <laughs> or maybe it'll. <laughs> <laughs> um, but or how many, uh, how many of you like applied to like five, 10 or like a lot more? In total, I'm applying to about 15. Okay. Um, and I have so far pressed submit on none of them, but hopefully tomorrow, okay. actually I've, going to submit all my early ones so no way so this is like literally in action happening right now that's so yeah i remember i i'm like having a flashback because i remember when i was applying to colleges and stuff it definitely you you should sew a lot more now because it's stressful (laughs) that would help yeah Yeah, that's a good point yeah, because it just is and i know what you mean because like you don't want to press submit without like really giving the application like the fullest potential that it has because you know that would stink that like if you could have said something or put something different that you would get in um but that's cool and and yeah i think you know college is kind of the place where you uh, that's kind of what it's for i feel is to like actually figure out so i think it's kind of cool that you're going into it with at least some uh, macro direction of where you want to go and then i think those four years or however long you're there, I think it'll help you get more clear. And then I, I think it will be great. Um, so what I want to do now is uh, if there's anything we didn't cover, I kind of, I want to leave the floor to you and, and feel free to share it. And then also let people know like your website, social media is like, how can people stay connected with you? Um, in terms of what we haven't talked about, um, I don't think there is much. I just think like, what I was trying to get out there is the message of sustainability and philanthropy and creativity and how all of these things can be connected. And, um, and I think, oh, in terms of how to contact me or get in touch or stay in touch, um, my website is just myname.com. That's N-A-M-Y-A-M-A-N-G-H-N-A-N-I.com. I don't think anyone's going to remember that spelling, but 
there you go. <laughs> and um, and then all the socials are on there for the Betchi campaign. For oh, I run um, the Dubai Costume Society, so that information is on there as well. And um, yeah, there's also an email if anyone has any questions. It's on there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how to get in contact and. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Thank you um, again for, for, for coming on and, and thank you for just doing all the stuff you do. Cause I think uh, not to sound so cliche, but it, it seems to me that you're definitely uh, making the world uh, better for everybody. And it's, it's just cool to see. And I do, it's just cool to see somebody with so much runway um, so definitely keep, uh, keep me posted on stuff. Cause, um, I'd love to have you on like again in the future as you continue to grow and do other things. So if there's any, uh, any more messages you want to get across in the future, definitely reach out and thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun.